Welcome to the Belgian Podcast, I'm Mark and I'm your host. On this episode, I'm joined by David Pike and we'll go into a discussion about the evolving world of agriculture and Belgian's role at the heart of it. David, thanks for joining us once again on the Belgian Podcast. Great to speak to you, Mark. So what we're going to talk about today is um, an industry where Belgian has a serious and an important presence when it comes to connectors used in this particular industry. And that industry is agriculture. But we're not just going to talk about traditional farms as we've always known them. We're going to be sort of projecting a little bit into the future and we're going to discuss smart farms as well. So David, talk to us about how the world of agriculture has always been at the forefront of adopting new technology. That's always good to remember. Going back to the the start of the Industrial Revolution, farming has always been keen to embrace the latest technology. So whether it's the steam engines or the cotton gin back in in the 1800s and moving forward to to now where the latest technology is helping farmers to, to grow. Farming and agriculture have always been at the, at the leading edge of, of technological in- adoption. So with farming and agriculture typically wanting to be at the cutting edge of technology, um, that hasn't changed. And the world of farming in the 21st century obviously looks different than it did in bygone years. But what particular trends would you say are taking place in the world of farming and agriculture where bulging has to be part of the conversation? Well, one of the biggest challenges is simply that the, the world population is growing. We're, we're looking at a, a world will, that will have something like 10 billion people living on it uh, by 2050. And all of these people need to be fed. So we need to develop systems that can provide the food that these people need. And yet, at the same time, the agricultural industry is, is facing a whole series of challenges. We've got the whole problem of climate change. So uh, growing patterns, growing seasons are changing. Uh, we're in a situation where potentially farmers have to use fewer resources or less resources for things like water. Um, and we need to lessen our impact on the environment. So we, we can't be dumping pesticides and herbicides into, into groundwater the way that potentially we might have done in the past. And then at the same time, farmers have got to produce more with less land. They're, they're, they're under constant competition for use of land with things like solar energy or wind power. Uh, we're, we're looking to use alternative energy sources to power the world, but some of these things take up a lot of area. So, so farms are, are under pressure from two different directions. They've got to provide more food. They've got to use less resources. They potentially have less ground that they can play with, less land area. And so farmers are looking to technology to maximise their yield, to make the most of what they can do with the amount of space they've got. And that's going to mean electronics, that's going to mean sensors, it's going to mean advanced systems that are actually going to be deployed onto the farm and into the field. And Bodgen connectors are designed for those harsh environments. And that is the key. You know, we're talking about farms, we're talking about farms and remote, sometimes very harsh environments, because that's just the nature of farming and agriculture. It's always been the case. But yes, I suppose it is quite a new development where um, maybe we consider it the overly sensitive and delicate world of technology is expected to make an appearance in places that we associate with rain 
with dust, with dirt, with soil. Um, so yeah, reliable, robust connections for the new demands placed in farming is, is, is clearly where bulging comes into the, the picture. Yeah, farming farming is a is a tough industry. That the farm is a harsh environment. So you've mentioned water and moisture and dirt and soil. These are all things that can affect electronics. We also have things to deal with like extremes of temperature. You could be looking at, at uh, sub-zero temperatures at one part of the year, and then we could be talking about uh, quite high temperatures with the direct sunlight for other parts of the year. And then the sunlight itself can actually cause damage. There's, there's ultraviolet radiation within sunlight. That's what causes sunburn. And the fact is that UV radiation can actually damage equipment when it's left out in the field. All you have to do is leave a piece of garden furniture in, in the garden for the whole of the summer and see how the sun can actually bleach the colour from your plastic garden chairs. Well, it doesn't just bleach the colour from it, it, it does actually change the, the chemical structure of the plastic and can damage it, can make it brittle, it can make it fail quicker. It means that if somebody, for, for example, they install something in a field and it fails, then you've got a moisture ingress problem sometime further down the field, uh, further down the line. So you've got a situation where farming is an incredibly tough environment. And as you say, we're having to put more and more sophisticated electronics and other systems into that environment. What sort of data demands um, and networks that will meet those data demands are smart farms having to put into place? Well, that's, that is what a smart farm is. It is effectively a very large data network that's spread over a, a, a wide area and the area happens to be out in the, in the wild, out in the fields. So we're in a situation where there can be sensors in one part of the, the farm left in a, a static situation. You've got other sensors and other devices that might be bolted onto farm machinery, tractors and combine harvesters. They're all sharing information with each other. They're all collecting data and sharing it, which allows other systems to be part of the decision-making process. So we're talking about high amounts of data that uh, are going to be transmitted um, and the 5G network that, that's been introduced recently, so we're talking about high-speed wireless connectivity, that's going to play a major part in the smart farm. It, it all of a sudden allows high-speed, high-data rates to be used over a wide area without necessarily having to wire the connections in, but there will always be the need for uh, wired connections as part of the network. So uh, devices bolted onto, let's say, a tractor, where you've got vision systems, you've got sensors, you've got navigation systems, uh, all of which need to be linked into the, the tractor itself and the display provided to the driver, to the farmer. They all need to be wired. So we're talking about a, a wide range of requirements with data connectors at the heart of almost all of them. And alongside those data connections, there has to be power. So power connection is another consideration. And, and I guess there will be um, demands for power and powered connectors or, or connectors carrying power in places where, you know, 20, 30 years ago, no one would ever have imagined that's where some power has to go. Because that power has to go and then power the data instruments that the, the farm requires wireless connections or wireless devices still need power uh, and that could be powered via a, a hardwired cable that comes from a, a central source it could in the case of a field deployed sensor it could be a rechargeable device 
and that's something else that we need to think about. A rechargeable device will need a connector that's plugged in occasionally when you bring the device in to charge it. But interestingly, connectors, waterproof connectors, generally speaking, are only waterproof when they're actually mated together. So if you unplug the connector and then take it, the device away without putting a cap back over the top, you're actually leaving that device vulnerable to water getting inside. So again, even when a connector doesn't need to be provided all the time, it could just be needed occasionally for power, uh, power charging, it still needs to be protected against the environment. You can't just leave it. So the power will be required in lots of different situations. All these devices need the electricity, the power to make them work and the connectors will need to put up with the same conditions that all of the other equipment will need to. So that's us talked about then how the, the traditional world of agriculture and what we would traditionally view as a farm, you know, out in the countryside, fields, fences, walls, all that sort of thing, um, is evolving and it's changing and it's keeping up with technology and it's drawing on technology to meet the demands that the 21st century is placing upon farming and technology. But let's now talk about urban farming because this is where probably most of us would never consider a farm would exist, but it is a reality in the 21st century and of course bulging has to be part of that conversation. So talk us through what an urban farm is. Urban farms are, are really exciting, really interesting developments. The idea is that an urban farm can use almost any space that's available. It doesn't matter where it happens to be. So we, we've seen examples of urban farms being, being made or installed in old subway tunnels and old underground railway tunnels in the basements of buildings. Urban farming is about growing crops in the, an environment that you can control completely. It doesn't matter that it doesn't see sunlight. It doesn't matter if it's 20 feet below the ground. The urban farm is a, a situation where the farmer is controlling the environment completely. And it offers a whole bunch of advantages. If you can farm in the middle of a city, in the middle of a city in disused ground, so you're making use of, of land that's available or space that's available. We're taking a, a, the food production that everybody de depends upon and we're putting it near the need, near the point of use. So it could be that a whole series of farms uh, set up in, in an old subway tunnel in a city could be providing fresh greenery, fresh produce to consumers with a very minimum of food miles. It could just be a case of delivering it to the surface and that's where people are buying it from. So so smart farm and urban farming is is an interesting add-on to, to how we're gonna feed these 10 billion people. But the point is that the environment needs to be controlled and that means it also needs to be monitored and technology is going to play a huge part in that. Again, we're going to be deploying sensors all over the situation. There are going to be sensors everywhere that will monitor humidity of the air. They'll monitor the actual constituent parts of the air, the, the CO2 content, the oxygen content. We need to change the light so that the, the plants can grow in artificial light. and. Most urban farmers, we, we can also call them vertical farms. They're often, they're, they're being grown in racks and trays of, of plants, one on top of the other, to make the most of the, the limited floor space. So technology is going to be used to deliver all the nutrients to the plants that they need. It's going to be used to monitor the conditions in which they're growing and allow the farmer to, to adjust as necessary. Um, 
and these things are are being grown not even sometimes in soil the the roots of the the plants are actually being uh, left in nutrient rich water or even and that's hydroponics that's that's what some people have seen in, in science fiction for many years hydroponics is a reality and um, i've even read about recently about aeroponics where the roots of plants aren't even immersed in water they're just being sprayed with a mist that contains all the nutrients they need yeah and, and I, we hope you know we can bring it back to bulging again just as in the world of what we could call traditional farming bulging is playing a role clearly bulging will be playing a role in this because robust reliable connections whether it's for the power because power you know these plants aren't growing aren't going to be grown using natural sunlight so the lights have to be on literally 24 7 um, but also just to monitor the nutrients that the plants are are, um, are being given um you know all of that technology needs power it needs data and those connections have to be robust, reliable, and I'm guessing there has to be some level of IP protection also involved in those connections. Yes, just because these things are being grown in a in an inside environment doesn't actually mean that the conditions are, are any less tough than you might find outside. You might have not have the, the wind and the weather, you might not have the extreme environments, uh, sorry, the extreme temperatures. So you've got an environment that might also have uh, the nutrient-rich nature of it with all the chemicals, those chemicals may prove damaging to electronic equipment. They, they might be conductive. It might be able to cause short circuits. So one way or another, we need waterproof and IP-sealed connectors in an urban farm just as much as we would need in an outdoor farm. Let's talk about the, the level of protection offered by bulging connectors to the agricultural industry, whether it's, as we've said, in the traditional, farm, traditional farming environment or whether it's in one of these urban or vertical farms. Talk us through the IP ratings so that an engineer can fully understand the level of protection that um, those connections will offer. Uh, we've talked about IP ratings before. It's IP ratings are a, a shorthand that allow us to understand exactly how well a particular device is protected against the elements. Um, so for a, an office-based piece of equipment that doesn't need uh, any protection, it might be IP20. So it, it's protected against casual contact, but doesn't need to be waterproof. But for the farming environment, we need a, a situation where connectors might be immersed in a puddle for some weeks or even months. So it needs to be protected against uh, the immersion again in the water and protected against water getting into the connector. Um, if we're talking about uh, pieces of equipment that are bolted to the outside of a tractor that's going to be pressure sprayed by the farmer at the end of every day, uh, connectors need to be protected against that kind of high pressure spray. Um, and then if we talk about the urban farm, these devices need to be protected against this, this high humidity in atmosphere, which can easily manage to creep its way inside electronics. And so for those applications, we'd be talking about IP68, which is a, a connector that can be can withstand limited immersion or, or actually quite uh, a serious amount of immersion. And then IP69K, which is the protection against these high pressure sprays that we talked about. And bulging connectors, this is where they sit. This is the, the environment in which they're designed to live. IP68, IP69K, that's what the Buccaneer performs and that's what so it delivers. So let's move back to the world of traditional farming then. And I think when, when, when we think about a traditional farm, we picture it in our heads, there's going to be times of year where you're going to see massive heavy machinery operating in the fields. What sort of connectors 
and levels of protection are required when it comes to these um, heavy farm machinery. Yeah, heavy machinery is, is going to be vital to, to the farmer in terms of, of uh, performing all the tasks that are needed. We, we're all used to seeing tractors and, and combine harvesters, but far from being, sometimes we use agricultural machinery as a, as a code name for something that's basic and, and fairly uh, mundane mechanically. The fact is these modern uh, tractors and modern combine harvesters are technological marvels in themselves that they're their own little data center so if you look inside the cab of one of the modern tractors the farmer is presented with a huge amount of information that that would look more familiar in a high-end family car when you're talking about combination of navigation equipment vehicle information how the vehicle is performing uh, you've got infotainment systems the idea of, of uh, entertaining the driver but less important in farm machinery but the fact is that all of these systems have to be integrated and then they're provided to the driver in, a, in a, an integrated display. This all requires data inputs. So we've got data sensors scattered all over the vehicle uh, telling you all sorts of stuff about how it's performing. We might also have vision systems. So that's embedded cameras as part of the, the equipment that monitor, that are, are trained on particular parts of the, the machinery that monitor how they're working on a second by second basis. Video systems need a lot of data to be able to provide that kind of high resolution imagery. So the connectors that are needed to join all of these sensors together with the, the should we say, the central hub of the vehicle, the, the data center that will sit at the heart of it, they all need to, to provide the same protection against moisture and dirt and all these other things that we've talked about as the, the standard automotive connectors would do. And, and bulging again is, is key to that because we've got data connectors We've got signal connectors that are ideal for uh, for vision systems and for sensors. They all provide that kind of robust service that a vehicle like that would it need. It is quite remarkable when, when you think about it and when you were sort of rolling out what's involved with heavy machinery on a farm. It's these... These tractors or combine harvesters or whatever that is that the farmers using, they're more like luxury cars nowadays than, than they ever were. And it, and it goes back to what we said at the start, David, that farming is keeping up with the bleeding edge of technology. And it's really pulling as much as it can into the realm so that it can continue to operate at the best possible way um, that it can. Um, is farming seeing the use of unmanned vehicles and drones in day-to-day -day use these days? And if so, what role are connectors playing in that? Autonomous vehicles are, are obviously a, a fairly big topic. People are talking about self-driving vehicles uh, for use on the roads. But when you've got farms that are, are being asked to, to create more food from the limited resources, there's an advantage to being able to use autonomous vehicles because they can be off doing a particular job. They can work 24 hours. The farmer isn't, doesn't need to be necessarily involved in the process. So yes, autonomous vehicles are, are vital to the way that farms are going to act in the future. And the need for data is just going to grow when it comes to autonomous vehicles. When you haven't got a driver in the vehicle, 
the vehicle's got to do more things it's got to understand the environment through which it, it it's working it's got to understand any potential hazards any potential uh things that it's going to bump into so that again there's yet more sensors that are going to be needed to provide that level of, of functionality whether it's vision systems again cameras that will monitor the uh the, the world around it to see what it's going to bump into you also need a, a huge amount of processing data built into the vehicle that will take that input from those sensors and make split second decisions on where it's going to move and what it's going to do so get the the data requirements are just going to grow enormously you mentioned drones drones are, a, are an interesting one that again agriculture has has been a, an early adopter of unmanned aerial vehicles the, the modern drones that we see the little quadcopters that that people can use for hobbies they have professional uses they have industrial uses so the latest drones can be fitted with very high definition cameras and that gives the farmer the ability to view fields with a with a bird's eye view when you can use cameras to to monitor the the infrared emissions from the plants around the field the farmer can get a bird's eye view of of how the crops are growing not just within the field but within different parts of the field and so if feed needs to be provided to plants in one part of the field or it needs to be irrigated more this is giving real-time information to the farmer to be able to make the best use of what limited resources he can uh, to get the best yield so drones autonomous vehicles are going to form a huge part of the the farm of the future and it's not just in the future it's and i think it takes us back to something that's a sort of an ongoing theme with bulging is that bulging is is adapting its offering to the market so that the market isn't outstripping what bulging can offer you know they're constantly bulging is constantly looking at what it has they're not trying to reinvent the wheel they will often use connector designs that have stood the test of time uh, but they may be making them smaller they're maybe making them bigger or they're certainly adding different data and power options for within those connectors so that again bulging can keep up with the the way that farming is evolving whether it's smart farming or traditional farming as we've always imagined it Absolutely. So the demands are changing. We're talking about autonomous vehicles. In the future, those autonomous vehicles are all going to be electrically powered. Uh, there aren't going to be using petrol driven vehicles anymore. These vehicles need charging. So all of a sudden you've got the need for very high power current, uh, very high current uh, channels that will allow you to charge a particular vehicle. At the, the other end of the scale, we're talking about lots and lots of sensors bolted onto moving equipment. These sensors need to be as small as possible, which means you need the connectors that are going to provide the connections for them also to be small. So you've got a whole range when it comes to the bulging family from very high power connectors that are, are relatively large to the very small low profile connectors that are going to provide this this density that you need when you're when you're installing lots of sensors in different places and there's there's something that's that's fundamentally sound about the bulging design of the buccaneer connector it can easily be adapted to larger applications to smaller and we've talked about data a lot they can be used to incorporate data connections as well so the standard rj45 data connector that you'd see in an office environment that can be mounted in a buccaneer connector and it, it therefore is a data connector that can deal with these harsh environments and we're even looking at the the buccaneer series with the latest usb connector the little usb c that was introduced a few years ago there is a version of the buccaneer that employs that standard interface so yes 
the Buccaneer series is is almost infinitely adaptable for almost any application, and Bolgin continue to do that. They continue to look at new ways that they can solve these it's problems as the they arise. Should give engineers, people that are designing data and power networks, confidence to approach Bolgin. Basically, go to bulging.com and look for the particular industry they're operating in um, and find the connectors from the Bulging website that will be right for them. And of course, on the Bulging website, there's um, ways that you can get in touch with the team and you know, experts for specific different industries um, will be on hand to guide you through the sort of connectors that you're going to need to get. Um, David, I really appreciate your time taking us through the world of agriculture and the role that Bulgin is playing in helping that evolution take place, um, particularly in the world of um, urban and vertical farms. Incredible um, the way that technology is enabling those farms to, to happen and the fact that Bulgin is working alongside the development of that sort of technology. Um, thank you for joining me on today's podcast. No problem. Great to speak to you. We hope you found this episode of the Bulging Podcast useful. And as mentioned, if you need any other information about Bulging's products, then just visit the website bulging.com. And we look forward to welcoming you back to another episode of the podcast soon.